Today's episode is brought to you by Anchor.fm, the easiest way to make a podcast. Haven't heard about Anchor? Well, let me explain. It's free. That's right, F-R-E-E, free. Anchor has many creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then take your podcast and distribute it for you. It can now be heard on multiple podcasting platforms, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It is everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. Start your dream now. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Rough Cut Sportscast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, alongside your boy, AJ Johnson. And more importantly, AJ, I don't have a long spiel for you today. I don't have a long spiel because the it that it's all the way over to what would be my right. I don't know direction. <laughs> all the way over to whatever direction he is in. He is the host of of the Sideline to Sideline podcast. He is the host of the up-and-coming, the new show you have going on. Man, I'm so stoked for this show, the the Sports Undercover podcast. He is the man who came in second place in our full sale, <laughs> full sale uh, fantasy football league. He is Aaron Mukes. What's up, buddy? How's it going? Man, I'm excited to be here. I appreciate you guys having me on, and I am ready to talk hoop. We're past the fantasy football stage. We got to get over that second place finish. I am ready to talk hoop. We are so excited to get started. Uh, I'm ready. Let's go. Dude, it's 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 nice to have you on here because AJ, I felt like AJ had he, he needed someone who could really keep up the NBA talk with him. I obviously can't offer up anything towards the NBA game, but you can and AJ can. AJ, what's up, buddy? How, how are you? Man, I've been trying to tell him we're going to get him there. Like, he he doesn't want to agree or understand or believe me when I tell him the NBA is an exciting sport. It's as fast-paced as hockey. There's a net just like hockey. The <laughs> only difference is you ain't watching people jump eight, nine feet in the air and dunking on people's head in hockey. There's some big hits in hockey. I love it. Don't get me wrong. But, man, I'm just going to start emailing you, like, highlight reels of my favorite players. And if you come back to me and tell me you're not excited, I won't believe you love sports. That's just how it's going to pop down. Can I reply to those emails with LeBron James flopping and all the other NBA players that just flop and make an embarrassment out of the game? Yeah, see? It's not not an incorrect statement. It's not an incorrect statement, okay? I never said it was, but it's also part of the game. I, for one, like to watch athletes with all of their teeth. Just saying. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, it adds to That's the looks, man. It adds to the looks, man. But we have any NBA- cover it with the beard, you know? That way you can't really tell. They just put a lot of hair around it. It's all Gucci. They're all good-looking dudes, okay? Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> so we're talking NBA here today. And really, there's no, there's no other place to start this show than that massive trade that took place yesterday. It, it, obviously, wow, we're live now. We're live mm-hmm. on the show. Mm-hmm. So it actually happened yesterday. If we were to do our show the way we used to, we would have <laughs> talked about this. We would have been a week late to this. But now that we're live, this trade occurred. AJ, why don't you let everyone know what happened as the graphic pops up on the screen? Well, I kind of I like the way you tease this because we're going to get into it. I don't want to. It's going to take a while. So I, I, I want to tease this because we're going to come to it. And we're going to go all in. We got some places to start first. But if you don't know by now, James Harden is moving over to the Brooklyn Nets. He's finally out of Houston as he's wanted so hard. And look at this haul that they got four first round picks as well as first four first round pick swaps and Victor Oladipo going to the Houston Rockets. James Harden in a second round pick going to the Nets. Karis LeVert in a 2023 second round pick going to the Pacers. And Jared Allen and Torian Prince going to the Cavs. The Cavs doing Cavs things and not getting any picks out of the deal. This is going to be massive. I know I have a lot to say about it. I know Aaron has a lot to say about it. But I, if you don't mind, Vinny, I'd like to start I actually, with uh, some small some small time. I want to I build that, that trade talk up. Oh man, I, I I can't I can't let you do this. I can't as the host of this show. I can't let you do this. I can't. This is a massive trade, and I have been. Uh, you you, you want to know right now? You, you want to know right now? Not from you, 
not from you. I want to know what Aaron's thoughts on this trade is. This oh, is this, you built this show up. You were like, this show is going to be so awesome. It's going to be so sick. Aaron's coming on the show. We're talking. And I want to hear what he has to say about this trade. Aaron, what do you got? Basically, AJ, what he's saying is he wants the hard hitting stuff first. And that's okay. We, we okay. can do that. I, I'm, I'll tell you this. First of all, Harden had to go. So the trade itself, Houston did what they had to do. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I felt like they got maximum value for a player in today's NBA that you normally don't get maximum value for. We're talking about the four first-round picks, four pick swaps, which are all unprotected, which is I, I think the most important part here is even if those teams finish in the lottery, Houston's going to receive these top lottery picks um, and be able to kind of build their franchise over again. But the one under kind of undervalued move was bringing in Victor Oladipo to pair with John Wall in that deal. I think Houston did a really, really good job here. And let, let's be honest, Harden has been a head case for the past, you know, the end of last year, the beginning of this season. Uh, we're, we're hearing strip club talk and he doesn't want to be there and he comes in overweight. I just feel like Houston maximized their value as far as for a superstar player. So I love the Houston end of this deal. Um, not so much for the Cavaliers, obviously. We talked about, <laughs> once again, they go out and get another big man in uh, Jared Allen. A good a good serviceable big man at that, but something they didn't need. And now you put in uh, somebody along the lines of a Colin Sexton, who probably could have used some wing help, is still looking for that wing help. Uh, he has a ton of you know towers down in the paint. Uh, it, it's just something that I didn't think the Cavs really needed to be a part of. And then we can talk about the Nets and Harden himself. I don't know how this is going to work. I, I, I just – is Kyrie going to come back and play basketball? Does James Harden want to even play basketball? How's the relationship going to be with Kevin Durant? There's only one basketball. James Harden couldn't even share with Russell Westbrook. Now he's going to share with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. I, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work for the Nets. A lot of people are talking about they're the favorites in the Eastern Conference. I'm not buying it. I, I'm not buying it. I don't think they're the favorites at this point unless they can somehow come together. Steve Nash can work his magic and, and bring them all together. Um, until that happens, I don't see them I don't see them as the favorites. That, that actually I, – I, I'm sorry. I have to jump in here. I, that's a good question. Steve, this is Steve Nash's first year as a head coach, is it not? Is that yes. – AJ, do you think that's going to be a problem for the net like this? That's a lot of superstars on one team and a first-year head coach. Obviously, he was around the game and, and played, but is it, do you think this is going to be tough for Steve Nash to handle? Oh, it's not going to be as easy as it could have been for sure. I mean, when you're putting together those type of egos and you have a first-year head coach, it's going to be difficult. You have to find out what each guy likes and how to cater to each guy. That's understandable. But where he gets a little bit of credit is Steve Nash is ridiculously respected in the NBA fraternity. So, you know, when he speaks, you know, these guys respect his basketball know-how. They understand that he's one of the top guys who played in this game, a bona fide Hall of Famer. So if they are really bought in here and they really understand what they are trying to do as a team, I think the egos will end up being put aside for the greater good. So it's not going to be easy. We're not looking like they're going to start playing tomorrow and never lose another game. It's going to take some time, much like when that massive trade in Cleveland with LeBron that last year when they brought all those pieces over and everyone's like, oh, they upgraded for the better. And it didn't really work out because those those people couldn't come together and get things right from the start. And they still made a deep run into the playoffs. So I think when you, you have to temper your expectations to start. You know, once this trade happens, once James Harden's in there, once Kyrie's back, it's going to be rocky. But they're going to have to figure a lot of stuff out to out of the game. Who's the biggest winner in this one? Who's the biggest winner? Houston, Houston's <laughs> the biggest winner. So, uh, Aaron, you pa- you unpacked a lot here, and the fact what Houston got was nuts for me. And I understand what you're saying about massive value, but here's the thing: this kind of reminded me of another Houston trade that went down. And that's the NFL trade where DeAndre Hopkins went to the Arizona Cardinals and Houston got, like, nothing for it. You know, like, they understood a player wanted to be gone. This is what Brooklyn should have done, too. James Harden clearly wanted to leave. You didn't need to give up everything here. You didn't have to give up the farm to get James Harden. They were trying to get him out of there. I, and, and this is a great move by the Rockets' front organization. They dangled Philadelphia in front of the Nets to make them jump. James Harden was never going to Philadelphia for the one reason. Daryl Morey is there. 
Tillman Fertitta is not happy with Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey said, give me a couple days. Let me figure things out, and then we can come to the table and decide on our future. Daryl Morey was signed in Philadelphia before the end of the day. <laughs> Tillman Fertitta is not happy, so he wanted Daryl Morey jumping off, off the tramp, ready to go to get James Harden, and Tillman Fertitta just pulled the rug from under him and is dancing in his office right now. And that's what got Brooklyn to do what they did, to give up all these picks, four first-round picks, then the rights to four pick swaps. And you got them to give up all of their depth, whether or not it's going to you. They gave up all their depth. You remember, Vinny, when we started talking about the NBA, I talked about the depth of the Brooklyn Nets and how they're one of the deepest teams. Their second five could battle with a lot of starters. That is no longer the case. I don't know who they have on their bench that they can really, really depend on now. Yeah, I, I was gonna I was gonna pull up this comment. We have two comments that, that kind of jump out to me real quick before we before we get into deeper talk of this. This comment here from Michael Sherman, OKC 2.0. I don't know. As a guy who doesn't follow the game, Aaron, you're making a face. I want to go to you uh, on this with a face. What are your thoughts on this? I don't know about this, so I can't. I can't. I don't, I don't know. So, what do you think? I think that could be kind of uh, construed two different ways because OKC 2.0 could be good. They were in the. They were a team that went to the finals, uh, or OK2, OKC 2.0 bad, in which it all fell apart once James Harden left. Uh, and then we had the, the tension between Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. I, I think I think it's a little bit different. Um, I, I think this is uh, – the superstars are older now. They're a little bit more mature. They've played in the league. Some have had success. You know, Harden maybe not winning championships, but played in Western Conference Finals. Uh, Kevin Durant obviously playing in finals and winning MVP. Kyrie Irving is probably the wild card here. If Kyrie <laughs> Irving wants to play basketball – and wants to come in and help his team win, and is not going to be out there on Zoom calls or you know tweeting about you know social injustice issues as to why he's not being at the arena. Then I think I think the Nets have a chance to be the contender in, in the um, Eastern Conference. But again, I think he's the wild card. I don't know if I'd call him OKC 2.0. Uh, I'd probably find a different name for them. AJ, let's let's stay in the family here. Let's stay in the family. You, you, you. <laughs> Teeing this comment up before we move on to our actual NBA season talk. I bet the egos clash with the new coach, different era, different divas. AJ, talk, talk to you, talk to you, brother, brother, cousin. Yeah. Yeah. So listen, <laughs> I'll talk, I'll talk to all y'all about it. Uh, just kind of what you said, Aaron, they're, they're older now, man. When they were together in OKC, that came from the luxury of having a great front office draft the way they did. They put together three players who eventually became MVPs. Now you got two of them back together and a substitute point guard in Kyrie Irving instead of Russell Westbrook, who's won a championship, who's renowned as one of the most skillful players to handle the basketball in the NBA. Look, these guys, a lot of people are saying it's not going to work, and I beg to differ. I don't. Again, I don't think it's going to be a success right away, but there is a mission here. KD left the Golden State Warriors after winning back-to-back championships, back-to-back finals MVP, so he could prove he could do it himself. He brought Kyrie Irving along, and everyone knows the baggage Kyrie Irving brings to the table. And he is going to have to get that mind right, for sure. But James Harden coming here, anybody who thinks, including James Harden, that he looked at this squad and said, oh, let me go there and take over, is sadly mistaken. We know Kevin Durant is the best player on this team. James Harden is a prolific scorer who is going to add points to this team. This big three is going to be putting up 70 points a half. That is hard to contend with. These egos can be set aside because KD has learned how to share the ball. You don't not learn how to share the ball when you're playing with the likes of Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green, who have won championships, have been to finals back to back to back to back to back. You don't learn how to not share. You have to be a team player. James Harden knows that he's going to need KD and Kyrie to get his ultimate goal, a.k.a. a championship ring. He ain't trying to go to sleep at the end of the season thinking about it again, how I missed out on a championship again. Kyrie is the wild card. He's going to have to come in and get his mind right, and he's also going to have to accept the fact that he's probably going to be the third wheel on this team, even though he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. When that time comes for that last shot, Kyrie, you better be wide open in the corner. Otherwise, you better pass the ball to KD. That's how it's going to have to go. These egos are not going to be – 
are not going to be the big problem. Their big problem is letting teams catch up when these big three are sitting on the bench. Their big problem is going to be finding out their rotation to make sure that they can stay in games when they have a team that's not going to be able to play defense. That's going to be their big problem. I, I don't see I don't see it turning out like they're going to clash. KD and James Harden are good friends. James Harden and Kyrie may clash. I don't know about that. You know, I don't know what their relationship's like. But I'm not thinking that this is going to be as big a problem as everyone's going to think. This is not James from last year. This is a brand-new team. It's a brand-new season, and it's bona fide superstars that know what needs to be done in pursuit of a championship. Yeah, AJ, I, I wanted to ask you because I, I found it interesting, and we haven't really touched on it yet. You talked about the depth and building that rotation. And we've seen teams, the the Golden States, the Miami, when when first uh, LeBron went with D-Wade and Chris Bosh, and we saw how these teams – took time to kind of gel. And it wasn't this first season success that we all anticipated. Even the Clippers last year when Paul George went to to join Kawhi. Is that going to be a problem if the Nets aren't successful this year? And then we talk about um, if they don't make the finals this year, are we going to have off-season drama? Are we going to have to deal with maybe Kyrie then wants out? Or maybe James Harden's not happy? I, I just feel like finding a rotation quickly and early enough so that they can see success is going to be very, very pivotal. And then also using the cap space that they've kind of been able to, to finagle and, and work around to get key veteran yep. pieces to make sure that their, their bench and their depth is there. Because we all know it doesn't matter if you have three superstars. If you don't have the bench around them or the depth to put on there, it's going to be tough to, to carry them through the playoffs and, and actually to a championship. And that's exactly where I was going to go. I think what's going to happen is, you know, like I was saying, this this is not going to be success right away. I think they are going to take the time to figure out what their chemistry is, take the time to figure out how they move this ball around and how they get each of these three guys a shot. Um, one of the big things that people kind of skate over in this is the Nets left three roster spots open, essentially. So they are going to be able to see what they need come trade deadline and see if they can make a couple more pushes for a key piece. Maybe they get somebody, and this is just throwing a name out there. I don't know anything about this. I don't know that this is happening. Maybe they go out and get somebody like a Vince Carter who's not going to play a lot of minutes but brings another veteran presence into that locker room and can also give you 5 to 10 to 11 minutes a game and do something with those guys on the court. Maybe they find somebody who a team is pushing to get rid of a contract so they can make room for free agency come next season. A lot of people are saying now that they have James Harden, it's title or bust. In my opinion, I think it's finals or bust because you're right. Just like the Clippers and that chemistry that came together was not really hitting the way we thought it should have. And let's be honest, they underperformed. That's very likely to happen again. I don't think the Nets are going to have the first spot in the East coming out. I think the Bucks will take that first spot, but that's okay because they don't need to be in the first spot. They just need to run through the playoffs much like everybody else does. They have to get to the finals especially with all they gave up, because if they don't at least make it to the finals, there will be a lot of questions. As far as leaving at the end of the season, with these three guys and KD and Kyrie being as close as they are and KD and James being as close as they are and James knowing what he just went through and with who he did it with in Houston, I think that if they don't make the title this year, they at least run it back one more because now you know what you really need. You find them some pieces, and if that's not what happens, then you take it off. All three of their contracts are tied. I'm pretty sure they all have their restricted options in the same exact year. So if this doesn't work this year, if it doesn't work next year, then you start talking about what you can move and who you can push around. Maybe get some more of those picks back to let a Kyrie go and see if you can get another point guard that can defer. Wow. Unbelievable. This, that was, that was, that was, that was fun to watch, to, to watch <laughs> and listen to on the outside looking in kind of thing. I'm going to start, I'm going to steer this to our NBA, our actual what's going on in the league talk, but stick around for later on in the show. Cause after we're done talking about the, what's going on in the NBA right now, I have a question for the both of you regarding this trade and the superstar team, the, the, uh, what, what do they call the what superstar teams? Big the uh, big three, Jesus, the big, right. three. the big three teams like that kind of stuff. So stick around for that. If you want to listen to that, let's get into what's going on in the N- NBA right now. But before we do that, I want to thank our sponsor of the show, HalftimeSportsCollectibles.com. They have the best, best collectible stuff on there right now. They just sold a Chauncey Billups signed jersey for 80 bucks. 80 bucks. 80 bucks. 80 bucks. I, I don't, I'm going to be honest, I don't know who Chauncey Billups is. Oh, oh man. Oh, oh. Oh. 
So you oh. see the action. You see oh, there's my heart. Jersey sold for 80 bucks, okay? 80 bucks on HalftimeSportsCollectibles.com. You need to head over there right now because deals like this are happening. And AJ, without further ado, buddy, where can they find the show? Ooh, it's plug time? Well, you know you can hit us at Twitter, at RoughCut underscore sports, on Facebook, at RoughCut Sports. At the Instagram, we put up all the funny memes, at the RoughCut Sportscast. Hit that like, hit that follow, hit that share. And then tell somebody, tell your mama, tell your daddy, tell your brother, tell your sister, tell your cousin, tell your auntie, tell your uncle. You know what? Why you? Oh, while you're at it, he's just going to leave. Whoa. While you're at it, he's just going to leave. (laughs) He said, I'm done with the show. Show's over, guys. We gave the plugs. The show is over. I got so excited I had to hop out there. I was plugging everything in. I went down the house, put the lights in, put the music in. I was ready to go. He said, I'm done. That was the best moment of the show that we've ever had. And you you know what's great about this, too? is that this is also going on audio. Like, people are going to be able to listen to it. They're going to, like, hear what happened. They're going to be like, what just happened? This is why you <laughs> part of our live shows. Head over to our social media. Join in on the fun. Greatest moment in show history. <laughs> Greatest moment in show history. It's not how I awesome. thought my disappearing act would go. But <laughs> yeah, yesterday, AJ's yesterday, his green screen was going in and out, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to pull a disappearing act on the show. <laughs> and then fade in and then fade out. And literally, he actually just went <laughs> crazy, crazy. That's awesome. That's awesome. Let's get into this NBA talk here. What's going on in the season? I have one starting question for you guys. For both of you, actually, I want you guys to both give me a team that has been a pleasant surprise so far. Of course, Aaron, you're our guest. The floor is yours. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, pleasant surprise. You know, I, I was going to start with uh, this team right here. The New York Knicks. Um, but, I decide, but I decided because the last couple of days they haven't played so well, we decided to wear the hat backwards. So we're going we're gonna to stay off the Knicks, and we're actually going to talk about the Atlanta Hawks. And I know they started out hot, and they've, they've struggled over the past few games. But I really, really like what this team has done, especially in the offseason, bringing in uh, Gallinari, who's, who's been hurt, uh, but also uh, Bogdanovich from um, Sacramento. And I thought those were two really key additions to their squad. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, both of them have ended up uh, being injured right now. But I, I like the trajectory of this squad. Obviously, they got Trey Young, who's uh, sensational. They got a good front court with Capella. And it's just, I really, really like what they're doing. DeAndre Hunter has been playing out of his mind. And to me, he's one of the candidates for most improved this year. Um, I really like what their front court brings. I think Atlanta, uh, they're definitely going to be fighting for one of the lower seeds in the Eastern Conference. But I wouldn't be surprised if they get on a run here once they get healthy and push for a four or five seed and actually contend in the Eastern Conference. That's that's my surprise squad. I I think they have all the pieces. I think they've been ran really well, and they're young, they're hungry, and uh, I, I think they're up and coming. I, I, they're, they've been a pleasant surprise. I'm really excited for them. You instead went from my team to AJ's team. Yeah. Dante, though, has the right. Dante has the right, by the way. The Knicks <laughs> are surprised because even in the losses, they are fun. Go, Nick. <laughs> what do you have as your – well, do you have anything to say about him picking your hands? I really like that take. Like, that, that was one of the other teams I wanted to talk about, uh, not the one I was going to, so I'm glad you hit it. Uh, they were one of my favorite teams to talk about coming into the season. I really like – literally everything you said. Like, I don't need to repeat it. You, you nailed it on the head. Anything I would have said, you said it right there. Uh, I'm excited to watch what happens with that squad, especially being in the East. I mean, after one and two and maybe three – Everything else can be up for grabs in the East. So uh, my team, uh, I found me a, a little place to watch a bunch of basketball games, whether they're on live TV or not. I won't you know, talk too much about that. But uh, <laughs> so for me, it's actually the Golden State Warriors. I was, I was high on this team coming in as well. I uh, think because a lot of people were not. A lot of people had this team missing the playoffs, so on and so forth. And I'm sitting here like, why, why does everyone believe this? I get that Clay's not there, but you still got Steph. You still got Dre. And the biggest part of it is you have all these guys who got a lot of experience last season because none of these stars were playing. So now you're watching the people like Eric Pascal step up. You're watching people like Damian Lee play possessed. The Warriors started out the season bad. They lost three of their first five games. Then they got Draymond Green back, 
and they are a completely different team. They scored 137 points in back-to-back games. Curry came alive, put up a 62-point performance, went nuts. The Curry of old, the Curry we love to watch. Then they had that ridiculous comeback game where the team's really gelling with Draymond back and came back from 15 point, or 22 points down against the Clippers and won that game by double digits. They won four of their next six. It could have easily been five of their next six if a couple bounces went a different way in that Pacers game. Andrew Wiggins is playing good. They're getting him open looks in the corner, and that corner, man, feet set, <laughs> jumper wet, like over and over again. Damian Lee, again, playing possessed. Kelly Oubre, I'm looking to step up. He was somebody I thought was going to be a good supplement piece for losing Clay. He wasn't going to recreate what Clay Thompson did, but it would make it where it didn't hurt so much. And he's doing things in the hustle game. He, he's all over the court, and he's making the right plays. He hasn't found his stroke yet, but this team has been playing well enough that – they can carry him until he does such a thing. And with James Wiseman, that kid is going to be a star. He, he has got his feet underneath him yet, but he is going to be a star. You can see it. It's natural, raw talent right now. When he learns this NBA game, he is going to be one of the best centers drafted since Anthony Davis. And I stand by that day in and day out. Um, I, I agree. I think Wiseman is special. I, I think he's going to be a special talent. Uh, he, he's got everything that you need as a big man in the NBA to be successful. Um, one thing you did mention, the Kelly Oubre talk. I, I am uh, admittedly man crush on Kelly Oubre. I <laughs> love his game. I think he's a, a phenomenal athlete. Um, he has underperformed thus far this season, but I think as the season goes on, I think he gets better. He gets more comfortable in Steve Kerr's offense. Um, he's already athletic. He plays really good defense. But the surprise name that you did not mention that I'm surprised not to hear is what about the re-emergence of Andrew Wiggins? And I think that he I'm has gone – oh, maybe, maybe I missed it. He's gone uh, undervalued, I think, um, over the past couple of seasons, especially since he got to Golden State. Yeah. His defense has been uh, phenomenal under Steve Kerr. He's blocking more shots. Uh, he, he's starting to be more assertive, and I think that's what everybody wants to see is – is him to kind of take over and take control of the game. Um, I really, really like what they're doing. I'm still a little bit skeptical about the the guys on their roster, you know, coming off the bench. Uh, but in the Western Conference, I think they fight for a playoff spot. Right. Uh, I don't think they're going to be able to pull off any upsets over the top seeds. But um, I do think that they're going to be better than what people thought they were without, without Clay. That rotation with Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre on the floor together – that, that When they pull that out and they are sitting someone like a Steph or sitting someone like a Dre, they hold it together. Like they, they're, they're a good presence for the other guys who are just the complimentary pieces. So I, I don't want to go too much longer on the Warriors, but they're, they're doing some big things. I agree with you. I, I, I have them in the playoffs. I think they're going to sneak up and take like a six seed, kind of like OKC did when Westbrook was the only player they had. So that's kind of where I am on the Warriors for me. So let's go to the other side of this. Is there a is there a team that started off slow that you guys are expecting to kind of pick up the pace, Aaron? Uh, I know for me, it stands out. My surprise team so far is the Nuggets. Just flat out, the Denver Nuggets have have looked a little bit lackluster. Uh, I expected big things from them. I thought they were on like ascending up. Um, obviously, the COVID nineteen and the Michael Porter Jr. situation is hurting them because they don't really have a third option that, outside of Jamal Murray and, and Nikolai Jokic, that they can go to consistently. And I mean, I'm just gonna say, Nikolai Jokic is unreal. Like what yeah. they do, what they do with him offensively and the way the offense runs through him, and he's just playing at another level right now. But I think they're missing that third piece. I think they're missing Michael Porter Jr. right now, and I'm just disappointed in the way they've played. Jamal Murray's been kind of up and down this season. Uh, but it's early. We're, what, 10, 11 games in? 10, 11 I, games. I expect uh, Mike Malone to get that team playing a lot better uh, as the season progresses. Aaron, that was the exact same team that I had for <laughs> most of the same reasons. You know, they've, looked, they, they've looked a little flat. They've lost games they shouldn't have. But you're absolutely right. Yo, Nicola is averaging a triple-double right now. He's going to be in the conversation for MVP. But he's not going to win because he's not flashy enough. People want to see that star-studded thing, but... Uh, so because I was like, it's got to be the Nuggets because we expect so much more, uh, I actually did have a backup team, and my boy Dante's right there with me. It's the Wizards. I thought the Wizards would be a lot better coming into this season. I-, I can tell by the look on your face that you are not a Russell Westbrook fan, huh? 
I love Russell Westbrook, but okay, that team plays no defense. They have not, and I thought I thought that would change. I thought that would change, and if it didn't change to the extent they needed to, I thought that the offense that Westbrook and Beal would bring would at least keep them in a lot of games. They've lost games that they shouldn't have. But when you have a Bradley Beal putting up 40 and 60 points here and there, when you have a Russell Westbrook who can do triple doubles left and right, you, you should be winning more games. Now, I understand Westbrook's been out. And then the loss of Thomas Bryant once again. I was excited for him, man. He, if he was healthy, what Thomas Bryant can do as a big man allows a Rui Hachimura and a Davis Bertans to be a bigger factor. And now that he's out, they're going to have to do a lot of shifting. So now you're hoping for a Danny Avedia to come up and actually speak volumes on his rookie season. So I do think when Russell Westbrook gets back that they're going to look a lot better than sitting at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. Um, but at this point now, I don't think it's going to be as good as I had them. And I'm not going to say where I had them. So. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not, not the only one. I know a lot of NBA heads that had the Wizards uh, very, very at competitive least, in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, yeah. And that doesn't look like it's going to be the case anymore. But I, I co-sign your nuggets, and I have faith. Westbrook's also one of my favorite players. So I, I, I have faith in Westbrook when so many other people don't. Yep, same here. I don't have faith in him. Nah, I don't know. See, I don't even know who he is. I, I don't, I, wait, 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 I know who he is. Okay, I know who he is. I'm just, I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. But <laughs> speaking of individual players here, who's a player to you guys that has been kind of standing out? Who's been kind of playing above the rest here, Aaron? Um, I wanted to touch on two. Uh, one of them, I'm just going to say it. I, I think he's an absolute stud star is Jason Tatum. I think this dude, if everybody says he got next, I think he's already there. I think he goes, I don't say unnoticed, but he doesn't get the love I feel he he deserves as one of the elite players in the league, and he's still so young. Uh, he's developed the jump shot. He works. I mean, obviously, his idol's like Kobe Bryant, so, you know, shout yeah. out to, to eight and 24 But mm. he the way he works and what he's done with that Boston team, I think it was a blessing that they got rid of Kyrie. Um, they moved Gordon Hayward. I think they need to let him and Jalen Brown just kind of evolve into these into these stars that they are. And Jason Tatum, to me, is he's going to be one of the top two or three two-way guys uh, in all of basketball. And that's just – I can't say enough about his game. He's he's yeah. unreal. He's averaging career highs right now, and um, I don't see it stopping. I think he's, he's unreal. It never will. I, I remember to a T that draft, and Danny Ainge, man, credit. He is a mastermind when it comes to manipulating picks and draft position. In that draft, the, the Philadelphia 76ers made a big mistake by letting it basically known that they wanted Markel Fultz first. And if they're going to take him, knowing hands down, Jason Tatum is the best player in that draft. And so you can move back two steps, get all these picks from 76ers, and still get the guy you want. That's nuts to me. And Jalen Tatum has been nothing short of amazing year in and year out. That that Vinny, I had you on camera when he hit that game winner over uh, Giannis early in the season, and that face he made was exactly what he did. That was oh, the man. moment I knew I was never going to get you into basketball. When you saw that game winner shot, the one that honestly I didn't even think he should take it, and he banks it in for game winner. And you weren't excited. I was like, I don't know if I can ever change. I don't know if I can. <laughs> I just didn't know what was happening, man. I just didn't yeah. know, like, this. I mean, c- come on. It's like the beginning of the se- – it was at the beginning of the season at that point. It's like, come – you guys – I you the, ba- I, I, the I, basketball I, is this big. I asked you, you don't know what was happening. A hockey puck is this big. I, you I, can- I asked you guys this before. I was like, I talked to you guys. What are your thoughts on hockey and how you guys are watching something? All you guys were just like, playoff. Playoff hockey's the best. NBA is the same thing for me. It's like it's the same. It, that is one thing that I will continue to say about both the all, all three: the MLB, the NBA, and the NHL. Their seasons are too long. You, if you yeah. want more people to start liking your stuff, it, that's it. Especially t- the leagues like the NHL and the MLB. It's like if you want people, if you want to start bringing in more fans, that's what you got to do. It, it's just uh, I, that's a fair point. I, I, I yeah. agree there. That's a fair point. Yeah, I feel you with that. I feel you with that. So uh, you got a second player, Aaron. Yeah, I, I wanted to talk about a, a rookie, man. I want to talk about LaMelo. I think I think a lot of people want to hear about LaMelo, man. I think uh, so far, I'm not going to lie. I've never been the ball fan for the Lonzo to LaMelo to LiAngelo. But I will say, 
this kid looks like he has something different. Uh, I don't know if it's the his energy that he plays with. He's just you know youthful out there. He the way he attacks the basket, the way he attacks the boards. But I I find him a little bit different than his brother. I definitely think he's more skilled. Mm-hmm. But uh, the one thing that I I'm gonna say it. I said it about Lonzo is if he doesn't develop that ugly jump shot, uh, there's no way you can be consistent in the NBA. And it's I mean that thing is ugly. That looked like somebody shooting at the YMCA. Hell Lonzo. Ball family heirloom. It, it, yeah, it's like <laughs> I'm like I thought Vinny was out there shooting baskets, and I realized I was watching a Hornets game. I, <laughs> I, I didn't, you know what it is. I just so I worry about that. You know, I talk about it with Ben Simmons and not shooting at all, or you talk about Giannis not developing a shot in today's NBA. It's more important than ever for guys to develop at least some sort of jumper, and uh, he just has to get consistent with it. I, I'm sure he can, uh, but he has to put in the work. But his playmaking ability, the way he attacks. Uh, his energy, uh, his teammates seem to love him. He, I, I really, really like what what he's done. As long as his dad stays out of the way. <laughs> Preach. Preach. Like, oh my god! I mean, he, great, great marketing man. But I, oh my god, it's just it's a bug in the ear to talk and hear about Lamelo Ball. I, or, I'm uh, Lavar Ball. I'm with you on Lamelo. I have him. It was hard for me to do it in my preview, but I had him as my rookie of the year, slightly over James Wiseman, just because he's going to have the ball in his hand so much. I'm surprised they didn't have him start right out the gate. I mean, you picked him number three, and he's played professional ball. I'm pretty sure he can stack up to this level. If it works out, it works out. I'm always a fan of holding his student back so they can learn a little bit before you let him loose. So I imagine he'd be a starter before the end of the season. If that happens, I think he might run away uh, with, with rookie of the year. James Wiseman has a lot of people around him. I really like him. But my two players, and I'm going to start here because my guy Dante is killing it. Vinny, this is for you, man. The Knicks. Uh, Julius hey, Randle. You can flip that hat back around, Aaron, if you want to. <laughs> I'll do it for this part of the segment. Julius Randle has been looking great. When he was drafted in 2014, we knew. We knew he would have some big moments in this league. He got drafted to the Lakers, and you know, then they started trading around, and he had to go. I understand. But he stepped up. We knew there'd be big things from him, but one moniker I did not think of when I think of Julius Randle was a leader. And that's something he's grown into in this New York Knicks squad. He has taken these guys around him and showed them how to maneuver the NBA. He's got an R.J. Barrett looking good. He's got a Kevin Knox looking good. He's putting up numbers, what is it? I think it's 22 and 8. Uh, he's around 10 rebounds, and he's jumped his assist numbers up to like seven. And he's never been known as a guy to get the ball to other people. So he's starting to help and see the talent around him and open up shots for his teammates that's really helping them out. For the first time in a long time, Vinny, the Knicks are not a complete embarrassment. I mean, they're they're trending downward right now. They lost three or four of their last games, but but they're making things happen. They're They're looking like a team that's trying to actually figure it out. If that means that James Dolan is sitting in the back and not going to games, I'm happy about it. Don't jinx that. Stepped out, and if he doesn't, if he keeps this up, he may be looking at his first All Star nod, and I think he deserves it. It Sucks it's going to be in a year that they're not going to play an All Star game, but he's been looking really good. Julius, I think think the Julius Randle thing is interesting because I think it points back to the fact of how quickly uh, sports society or basketball world, any sport really, gives up on a player. I mean, I yeah. think that we, we tend to fall into this trap. If a player's not producing in the first two, three years, that they can't play in, in the league. And I think when you're patient and you give guys the right opportunity in the right situation, that they can actually flourish. We're seeing it not only with Julius Randle. We're seeing it with Brandon Ingram now that he's gone to the Pelicans. I just think yeah. that Julius Randle is definitely a candidate for most improved player. Um, I definitely agree with you in the fact that he's, he's taken that, that next level step. And being a leader, and you said the assist numbers, and they have a lot of young players on that team. So somebody, even though he's still young, somebody like him is able to take these players under their wing and kind of develop this culture of, hey, this is how you need to approach the game. Uh, This is what it takes to win. And hopefully, you know, steer the Knicks in the right direction, something they haven't done for 30 years or whatever it's been. Right. Yeah. Like the 70s. (laughs) I I, uh, I went kind of easy on my superstar player, and it's just because, and I know it's still early, but uh, I, I went with Kevin Durant. I, I'm I'm impressed with what he's been able to do, and it's not just because he's a bona fide superstar, but he just came off a ridiculous, famous ruptured Achilles in the 2019 Finals at the age of 30. People were thinking that he may not ever be the player he was. Like players in the NBA 
come back from an Achilles injury, and it's really hard to do. I mean, I think about Chauncey Billups. when He was older when he got his as well. I think about Kobe Bryant, how he looked after his Achilles injury. Dominique Wilkins is one of the people that they point to who did have a ruptured Achilles and came back and was just as strong, if not a little stronger. And KD has taken the same thought process and has attacked his rehab and came into this season looking like he hasn't lost a step. He's been explosive. He's been able to understand what he needs to do to keep himself healthy. And all he's done now is put up eight consecutive 25-point-plus games, not to mention when there was no Kyrie, when there was no Jared Allen. He put the team on his back like we've seen him do so many times, puts up 34, 13, and 9, plus the dagger to bury the Denver Nuggets. He's been doing things that most people wouldn't see until midseason after you come back off a ruptured Achilles. And he's doing it the KD way. So I, there's a there's a lot to unpack. If he and James Harden can figure this thing out the way I think they will, <laughs> it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a scary thing. It's gonna be a two, scary thing. Two of the greatest scores, uh, not only of our generation, but we've ever seen are now gonna be playing on the same team in Kevin Durant and James Harden. And I've said this for a long time. My personal feeling towards Kevin Durant, if he wanted to, he could lead the, lead the league in scoring every year. Yeah. He's, I mean, he, he's that good. He's unstoppable. you never seen a guy that's seven feet tall with that wingspan that can attack the basket and shoot that way. Uh, he could lead the league every year in scoring if, if he wanted to. Um, but he made, a, he made a point when he played with the Warriors, and I always found it to be uh, kind of LeBron-ish, and I didn't like it. Uh, it was when Patrick Beverly was guarding him and they were like triple teaming him. And he kept saying, I made the right basketball play, which is great. Great teammate. You made the right basketball play. You passed it. But me, the, the, the dog inside of me as an athlete, I want that Kobe Bryant mentality of I'm shooting over five people and scoring 81 if I have to, to make sure we get this W. So I would like to see a little bit more killer instinct from, from Kevin Durant, but he is who he is. And, and I don't mind, you know, I don't mind who he is. He's one of the greats. Um, but I'm, I'm with you. I think he's coming off that Achilles injury, an injury which nobody really comes back from. Uh, take it from somebody that's had an Achilles injury. It's not easy. And, and he's attacked it, and he's, he's leading the Nets right now when they have all this drama, all this turmoil. Kyrie's gone, and you know now we're bringing in James Harden. We're losing big men, and he's been that kind of just that steady hand throughout the early part of the season and taking them to, to where they need to go. So um, I'm with you there. It's a good thing. Good thing. You pulled up this so, comment here, AJ. What you got? What What'd you pull up this comment here for? Yeah, this, this just a t- I mean, this just attests to everything we were saying about Durant. He's one of the greatest people. I mean, this is one of the guys, him alongside Seth Curry as well, that had people doubting if LeBron was still the best player in the league because of the, the talent that KD has. Like you said, seven-foot wingspan. You don't see people at seven-foot run up to 25, 30 outside the three and pull up on a dime and drop it in your face to win championships like that. You don't see seven-foot players with the handle that KD has and the way he attacks the rim. It's just it's just an testament. You talk about LeBron James, who everyone knows eventually will probably be the GOAT. If he, you know, keep a couple more rings on him, and, and that's something you're looking at. But this man, Kevin Durant, was able to have people questioning the validity of uh, LeBron James as the undisputed best player in the world. And so I pulled that up just to, you know, test what he was saying. This man knows what he's talking about. <laughs> Unbelievable. I was going to pull up this comment because hockey people take it over. <laughs> oh, take come over, on. Okay. Even in y'all's NBA talk, people <laughs> still ride up and bring it up. Aren't you a Rangers fan, though? I am. <laughs> as, as a hockey fan, though, our sport, we don't have that many, like, at least down here in Florida, we don't have that many people that actually like hockey. So, like, when I see a hockey fan, I got to like, even if they're like a fan of like the lightning, like AJ, like I will, I don't, I don't care what it is. It's, it's all about hockey. And if you, you could like the worst team and I'll be on all aboard. Well, I that's because you guys don't have ice in, in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Close my, my mind that we have two hockey teams. Like, I, <laughs> you guys hurt my feelings. You guys hurt my feelings. I got two more things for you both. Okay. The first thing is, and this is not even in our notes. I'm going to cut this coming out of the blue. All right. What's the biggest, like for me, as the non as the non basketball guy, what are like what's like the number one storyline going on right now? Other than that big trade that just happened, what do you guys think is the number one storyline right now in the NBA? AJ, I'll start with you. I haven't gone to you all night. I'll start with you. Sadly for me, it, it's it's what COVID nineteen is starting to do to the NBA. Um, 
and and it's it's crazy that it feels this way because it it feels uh amplified because we just watched the bubble happen right we just watched uh 16 to 22 teams carry on the end of a season without one single positive covid test and granted they they structured it that way they made sure that was a possibility but then they rushed to get the season going again so people could have their basketball and they can get back on track for the next season so now these teams are still doing their traveling. They're still playing in their own arenas, and they're not being watched as hard as they have to be because they still need to leave lives. I mean, they sacrificed a lot in that bubble, being away from their families, being away from their kids, uh, their training regiments, the way that everything was taken care of in the bubble. They sacrificed a lot. So they're not doing that now, and we're starting to see COVID ran through the NBA. And the difference here, you know, because we had COVID all through NFL, but the difference here is you're looking at a roster of 12 to 15 people. So when you're getting COVID scares, you're talking about stars. Jason Tatum out for 10 to 14 days. Uh, Bam Adebayo's out right now. You're talking about the people that, that we've turned the TV on to watch are sitting on the sidelines because of COVID running through the NBA. And it's something that they're trying to get a handle on. But it's going to be really hard to do. And I'll, I'll let Aaron uh, finish off the reasoning because he, he looked into what they're trying to do with the COVID protocols. And let's just say it's quite interesting. <laughs> it, it, it's crazy, man. And I think we all knew, like, right off the bat, we were going to have different issues this go around in the NBA because there was no bubble. And I think the NBA got a little overconfident. I think they got overconfident in their ability to, to mitigate certain COVID factors and, and implement these protocols because they were successful in the bubble. We're talking, I mean, there was proposals to allow 19 players on a team and it was rejected by the NBA, which now we're looking at every game that they get under eight available players, they're canceling these games or postponing them. It would have been probably something that would benefit the league by having allowed 19 players. We probably would get these games in. And like you mentioned, the, we're, basketball is about stars. We've had, we've had a number of fans complain uh, for for players resting stars or teams resting stars on nationally televised games when they go on the road because we're paying to watch those players. And now we're in a situation where COVID is taking those players out of these games for 14 days. That's yeah. that's eight games out of the year. We're only playing, what, 72 this year? So you're, you're taking a, a large fraction of the games that they're supposed to be playing and they're no longer there. And then we talk about the actual protocols that they're now trying to implement. Uh, I, like like AJ mentioned, I was looking them up earlier, and I noticed that when players are at home or playing in their hometown, they can't leave their house, or they're instructed not to leave their house unless it's for team activities or essential services. So you're telling me I can't go outside with my family, I can't take my kids to the park, I can't, regardless of what those state um, protocols that they have in place. Then you have pregame meetings, they're only allowed 10 minutes in the locker room which doesn't make sense because then you're taking those same group of players and you're sweating all over each other in the game and the other team. Then you can't give the other team high fives after the game after you just fouled them 30 times and their sweats on you and your sweats on them. And then when we talk about the travel, which I think is the biggest part of why we're seeing what we're seeing is these people are traveling a lot. They're playing in a number of cities against a number of different teams. I think the travel is a big thing. But then you can't sit next to your teammate on the plane unless you sit next to them on the bench. But then you're going to go play against another team. So <laughs> they don't really make a whole lot of sense. Uh, AJ mentioned George Hill talking about, you can't keep me at home. I mean, you're crazy. Like I'm, in, I'm with my family. I got people to see. And I think you're running into a situation where this is just the beginning. It would not surprise me if... In a few weeks or maybe even sooner, the NBA takes a step back and actually pauses the season to try to Oof. come back and reevaluate, which I don't want to say it. I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> Nobody wants to talk about that. But I can see a situation where the NBA says, you know what? We need to pause the season. We need to come back to the table, come back to the drawing board and figure out something that actually works. I want to point something out. When you said that. That time. was a big smile I seen Vinny have on his face. I saw it too. I went, ooh, you guys could probably start watching hockey if that happens. No, no, I, I saw it too. I would, never, I would never try and get you guys to start watching. I, I just saw, I was like, I saw, as soon as, as soon as he said that, you were like, and I was like, and he's like, he's like, no, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk. I'm like, we can talk about it. I'm okay talking about it. It's, it's, I mean, it's a reality. It, yeah. it is a reality. When you look at the NFL and you compare it to the NFL, the NFL, you're traveling once a week. 
You know, it's one game on Sunday. These guys, I know they try to manufacture the schedule where they're playing Houston twice or Brooklyn twice, but you're playing three to four games in a week. You're traveling to to these different areas and playing different teams. And then when you sit out, if you're in the NFL, if you sit out 14 days or 10 days or 12 days or whatever it is, you might miss one game. In the NBA, you're missing eight, nine. And then you're in close contact, so those players are out too. It's just, it's too difficult. And I really think the NBA should have done a better job uh, maybe yeah. not rushing into the season and coming up with a better idea or a better plan before yeah. they uh, before they went underway. What, what what kills me about it too is you know a lot of people say Adam Silver is the best commissioner in sports and and it's been shown time and time again. And this is one of don't even look like that, bro. Sorry, it, it, no, not even close. We can't even <laughs> name the NHL commissioner. Come I would, on, I, I wasn't even going to say him. I was going to say Roger Goodell, but I mean, I stop, stop. Yeah. Let me keep going. Yeah. This is one of the this is one of the few blemishes on his on his resume because here's the thing, you you enter the bubble right all all the work you did to get that going. Are you telling me you weren't thinking about having a 2020 2021 season because your protocol should have been starting to be fixed then. Once you're in the bubble, you got that handled, and you see that you guys aren't getting any positive tests. Why are we not focused on what we're doing for the next season? Like, you could have had this date locked down. You could have thought about if we were going to travel. And I understand there was some unknowns with the COVID, but the one unknown was, wasn't was that you didn't want to have a season. You knew you wanted to have a season, so you should have been thinking about how we were going to get this going. I will say one of the silver linings of it is we're getting to see many more players step up and, and hit the bell. Uh, like they're, they're talking about in the comments, Christian Wood, who I actually really liked last year on Detroit. Detroit. He, he's been able to play a lot. He's been getting big minutes. Uh, the kid from the Pelicans, Alexander Walker, had a career high, what, 39 points last night, played like a man possessed. In Philadelphia the other day, they had to play with eight players. Tyrese Maxey went nuts. You know, you're getting all these players that we may not have got to see play these minutes, get some NBA experience. And I'll go back to what you said about the 19 players on a roster. You know how easy that would have been to orchestrate? The G League is one of the best minor leagues besides baseball that are around. Kids are skipping college to come. They don't be hurt. Don't be hurt. Get out of here. Kids, kids are stepping out of college. That's an ignorant statement. It takes it so personal. It takes it so personal. That's an ignorant statement. I hate I don't, don't, don't say Did that. Did I say best? I said one of the best. Okay. I said one of the best. I didn't say the best. The there, because that's one of those statements that you don't even know anything about the NHL minor league systems. And because uh, uh, you, you so say hurt. you're like you, so said, you said the MLB has a great minor league system. You mentioned them as one of the greats. The NHL has the same exact minor league system as MLB. Literally the same exact type of system. So get out of here. Continue. Just nobody knows about it. That isn't fair. That's a low blow. I'm I'm going to cut you off here. I'm going to cut you off here. We're rounding out the show. It's what I got to do. It's my job. It's my job. Okay. You're doing a great job, by the way. I'm going to let everyone know in the chat right now, we're going to have a new segment coming up called the final five. Okay. Final five, five minutes of the show, the last five minutes of the live show. So if you're not in the live, then it doesn't matter. You, you You don't get it. Okay. You have to be in the live to do this. The final five, we're going to answer any questions that have been going on in the chat that we haven't gotten to because I see a few of them. Final five will be dedicated to any type of chat, conversations, questions you have for us. I'm giving you guys my last question that I teased in the beginning here regarding that massive trade that we saw yesterday. Are super teams a thing and are they bad? Is it bad for the sport? Because me on the outside looking in, I don't like it. I don't like seeing big three and guys joining other superstars and stacking teams. I don't think that's cool. I'm not a big fan of it, man. That just like really kind of kills it because it doesn't seem like there's parity in the league. Like I don't see upsets happening in the playoffs often, like a big time upset, like a, like a eight seed beating a one seed kind of thing. I think I looked up this, I looked up the stat like not too long ago where the last time an eight seed beat a one seed was like in the nineties for the NBA. no, no. Golden now State, the, Golden State beat Dallas with Baron Davis. Memphis and them. beat the Spurs, or the bat, or the other way around. The last, okay, the last seed of beating the top seed. You sure? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, uh, yeah. Go check yeah. Baron Davis and my boys. They, they I know they did. They, they beat the Dallas Mavericks. I'll have to stat mm-hmm. check that while you guys are going on. Okay. What do you guys think about the super team? So, do you think it's hurting the NBA, Aaron? Um. You know, the NBA is about stars. So 
I would say it's not hurting the NBA. Now, am I a fan of it? From a personal standpoint, I hate it. I'm I, From somebody that's grown up watching sports and playing sports, I'm a competitor. I want to play against the best. I don't want to be teamed up with the best. I want to go against the best guys. So from a personal standpoint, I'm not a fan of it. However, the NBA itself, I don't mind it because at the end of the day, if you put LeBron on a team and then you put maybe a superstar on another team and you spread out like just with regular player, that's that regular superstar has no chance to win a title. Anyways, they don't they don't have a chance. They're not going to beat LeBron and a, a couple of good guys and some scrubs. It's just not going to happen. So I think the teaming up and you know going to these super teams, it's necessary for people to want to actually sell the sport of basketball. Nobody cares about the team with like six good players. Like like just regular good players. Nobody cares. So right. for the sport of basketball, I think they have to sell that super team idea. I think that's why they embrace it now. They've realized that that's what people want to see. So why yeah. not why not use it? It's very marketable. Like as that even like with with me being a hockey fan, I am aware of the the shortcomings of what the league does in terms of branding itself and getting itself out there to casual fans. The NBA has that where you can just say, I mean, your super teams are here. Like this is what you want to come to watch in this sport is your super teams. AJ, what are your thoughts on these big three type of teams, super teams? Yeah. I mean, I mostly agree. Like that's why honestly last season with COVID hitting felt like such of a rob because it was the first year in a while that we didn't have super teams. We didn't have big threes. Instead, there was a bunch of duos that teamed up. And and I like that idea where you got two superstars and so many teams and the league is almost wide open except for maybe one or two guys that you kind of think are at the top. The, what we were going to see happen last year was so exciting. And then the rhythm just got thrown off. But when it comes to these big threes, it, it's kind of – I love like a Damian Lillard who says, I don't care. Just like you, I want to play the best. You're never going to see me leave and go team up with multiple stars to chase rings. I understand that mentality. I'm the same way. But I also get when you put together a squad like this because you have to beat a squad like the Golden State Warriors. When when you're looking at something like that, and let's not forget, when you're a kid and you want to play in in this league, what's your end game? What's your dream? I want a chip. I want a championship ring. And if I'm looking at somebody that has four all-stars that were just drafted, they didn't even put it together, how do I overcome that feat? Well, it's in free agency. It's me putting together people that I know I can play beside, people that I know I could depend on, people I know are going to go get me 20, 30 points a game on any given night. Now, did it make the season kind of over by the beginning? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it didn't mean I wasn't going to watch the games because it's still great entertainment it's still gonna be a lot of fun to watch kevin durant put up 40 while james Harden's put up 35 while Kyrie's putting up 15 assists 27 and breaking people's ankles i'm going to enjoy that show i have a question though i I, this is this is a serious question you guys like people complain all the time about college football being like this big i know this is maybe go seem like it's going off track here but everyone complains about college football and how it's the same teams over and over again. It's become one of those things where it's a big topic for college football. Why is this not a thing for the NBA? It's the same teams over and over again. It was big team. I think it is. I, it, it was. Yeah. I, I think it. I think it is a thing for the NBA, and that's why the casual fan. It's it's why they'll never be the NFL. I mean, this is really what it boils down to. The NFL has monopolized this ability to. I mean, not to mention fantasy football. They can draw in this casual fan. And your team can go from worst to first in in a year. And the NBA doesn't really have that. And it's just the structure of their league. And unfortunately, as 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 prolific as the NBA has been, that's why it'll never be able to top the NFL. Because the casual fan is going to look at the games in the regular season. They're going to say, number one, it's too long. Number yep. two, I already know at the end of the season, it's going to be LeBron's team versus oh this team that they just put together that has three superstars, Kevin Durant, Harden, and Kyrie. And you're going to start to to lose that audience. Whereas the NFL, it's like, man, any given week, you can lose. And it's one game. Yep. We've seen it in the playoffs now. One game, you never know. And and I think yep. that's, where the, that's where the difference comes in between all the sports, really. Even baseball. And hockey, by the way. Uh, no. No. No, sir. There are no super yes. teams in the NHL. No, no, no. No, no I don't no, mean super teams. The the I'm saying the opposite. That's, yeah, why, it allows, that's why it allows those things. Fair. That's yeah. fair. I, that's, that's, Look I, at I, him. So quick to get personal. Right. I, got, I got. I got really. I got. I got really. Per- I, 
I'm sorry. I apologize. Pull the heart strings. I apologize. It's just natural instinct. Okay, it's just natural instinct. I mean, I think, I think something that to fix this, and you guys might be able to chime in on this as well, is this, a salary cap. Maybe not a salary cap, but like limiting those super max deals that they have. I've never that doesn't happen in any other sport. And if this is a problem in college in, or in the NBA, maybe that's where you kind of have to maybe limit it or put a cap on it of some sort. Maybe. They have a cap. The cap. They have a cap. It just rises. And and the way one of the things I don't like about the um, the NBA is a lot of these contracts are decided by us by the media. You know, they get to vote on these players and how their season went out. And if they hit certain credentials by the media standards, they're eligible for almost thirty more million dollars a year. Like it, it's something like that that puts a puts a hard strain on some of these teams. And that's why the free agency exists, because now they're going to incentivize you to stay with your team instead of going to these super teams. If you stay with your team, you're eligible to make a two hundred and twenty million supermax. If you decide to leave in free agency, you, you can only make about one ninety. And that's some of the things that kind of takes these super teams and puts a hold on it. That's why Giannis, that may be why Giannis decided not to go somewhere. And he was one of the biggest things about to hit the market. You know, that's why Damian Lillard, except for his loyalty, he stuck around. You get 220 mil. DeMarcus Cousins yeah. forego for or he decided to forego it and change teams, and that did not work out very well for him whatsoever. But the so the set caps there, it just it just raises. I mean, and it's because how marketable the NBA is. I don't think the I think the NBA has acknowledged that. I don't think they're trying to take over the NFL anymore. Instead, they went global. They're, let's, they're over. Let, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Basketball as much as we see it as a team, it's a very individualized sport. One player has more impact on a game than any other sport there is. Yeah. You can't. You can be one player in football. If you have no offensive line, you're not going to be any good. One player in hockey, if you don't have a goalie or – I mean, one player in baseball, Mike Trout's been on one of the worst teams in baseball for years, and he's the best. Basketball, one player can change your entire organization. If you get a LeBron James, you are going to compete. You're going to yeah. be – Fighting for the playoffs, fighting in the playoffs. Look what he did with the Cavs in two thousand and seven, yeah, or or five, or whenever he came in. Yeah, that makes sense. That, right. that that makes sense. I I feel like I have learned a little bit more. I feel like every time we talk basketball, I feel like I learn a little bit more. Maybe we're gonna have Aaron on a little bit more often because I feel like AJ does not teach me enough. That's oh, okay. okay. Well, AJ, AJ, man, look, I, I I appreciate it. You you taught me something, and Vinny, you taught me something too about hey. some sport I know nothing about. Well, yeah. Next time we talk hockey, man, I'll teach you everything. I will. And I will. Picture, picture, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go look up their minor league system as soon as we get off of here. I'm telling yeah. you, just as good as the MLB. I'm not gonna get into it. Aaron, thank you so much for coming on the show. This is I'm going to conclude the audio show here. Everyone in the comments. Well, well, well before we do that, uh, Aaron, do us a favor, man. Tell us a little bit about uh sports uncovered and your new project coming up and everything man let him do how dare you <laughs> hey, he said you took he said you took over the show i wasn't going to uh, you, okay yeah you know what hey, go ahead go ahead go ahead all so right Aaron, so, man, it's been a pleasure having you on man please tell us a little bit about what you got coming on in the future your side to sideline podcast the sports uncovered network <laughs> so sideline to sideline podcast is a football predominantly only podcast for college and nfl uh, we're getting ready to transition to the offseason, so the episodes will be few and far between. But you can follow that at sideline to sideline underscore podcast on Instagram or at S2 podcast on Twitter. We are on Spotify, Apple Music, all of those places you can find the podcast. And my upcoming project is Sports Uncovered. I'm really, really excited about this one. We're going to be diving into a different angle of sports. We're going to be talking some behind the scenes. I got a lot of good, fun guests, ex coaches, college coaches. Um, mental health coaches for for young student athletes. Uh, we will dabble in a little bit of the the normal sports conversation, but I want to kind of take a different approach to this project and talk about things that we don't hear on every other sports show. So I'm really excited about that. It drops next Saturday, um, and that is January 23rd. And you can follow that at Sports Uncovered on Facebook at Sports underscore Uncover on Instagram and uh, Sports Uncover. Uh, on Twitter. So follow those platforms, um, pay attention. There's going to be a lot of good guests and a lot of uh, good quality content. And who knows, I'm probably going to ask AJ and my man Vinny to come onto that show and we can talk something as well.
Oh, Absolutely. Wow. 100%. I might have to check my schedule, but uh, with my people, we <laughs> contact with your people, and we can go from there. Man, thank you so much for coming on. Like I said, everyone who's listening to the audio, this is going to be it. AJ's going to do the plugs and the, the usual here, and then that's it. But those in the chat, those in the live, we're going to have a final five going on with the chat questions. Boom. Just like that. AJ, tell them where they can follow us. All right. I'll try not to peace out on y'all this time. Hit us up <laughs> at Twitter at roughcut underscore sports on Facebook at roughcut sports on Instagram at the roughcut sportscast. Hit that like, hit that share. Apparently there's a little bell for a notification. Hit that too. Tell somebody, tell your mama, tell your daddy, tell your brother, tell your sister, tell your cousin, tell your auntie, tell your girlfriend, tell your boyfriend, tell your girl on the side, tell everybody. I'm all about that love. And of course, give it up to our sponsors, Halftime Sports Collectibles. They've got some of the best auctionaire stuff, hockey, baseball, basketball, football, college, everything. Chauncey Phillips, whoever that is. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm about to piece you out of this show. <laughs> Man. Aaron, any final words? Uh, first of all, I appreciate you guys for having me on. Love what you guys are doing. Make sure you follow these guys and subscribe to all their channels and their avenues. Uh, they're putting out great qu- quality content. And uh, I just thank you for having me on. It was uh, it was fun. And number one, it was fun. It was exciting. And we all learned something today, right, yeah. Danny? What a nice guy. What a nice guy. Yes, I learned something. AJ, any final words before we send it off for the people listening? Uh, I mean, I, I I can't thank you enough for coming on, man. Short notes, I hit you up. An unprofessional. Hey, what you doing in two days? And you're you're right there with it, ready to go all the way. Joining us, bringing us some West Coast love, too. So I appreciate you for coming on. Can't wait to have you back. We'll definitely talk football with you. We might call you for a playoff episode, man. Real deal. Like, you're a football guy. I know you would love to come talk some football. And then Vinny could get in. So we're all about that. He told me you're on the West Coast. I was like, excuse me? That's that's how we are at Full Tail. So that's that's how it works. On that note, though, for AJ Johnson, for Aaron Mutes. (laughs) Adios, turd nuggets. We will see you next time. (laughs) 